Welcome to the Extra Mile Podcast Experiment. In this experiment, we investigate the Galloway Run-Walk-Run training method to determine the advantages and disadvantages of using this approach to train for a full marathon. Please follow this experiment in this podcast as well as on our own website at www.theextramilepodcast.com and consider becoming an active member in your own marathon this fall. to episode 9 of the Extra Mile Podcast Experiment. This is your host, Kevin, and I'm out today on my lunchtime run on a beautiful, cool, sunny day, November the 1st, 2010, in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, I said November the 1st. I know that it's a cliche, but... Time really does fly, huh? So, I'm about three weeks away from my attempt at the Chicago Marathon on 10-10-10. And I have received an amazing number of requests for a race report and lots of questions about what happened to me that day. And I've given a lot of thought about why I would tell everyone what happened that day. Why should I go into excruciating detail and relive the events of that day? And other than the fact that I put together this podcast and some people have been following me for four to five months and I owe it to them to tell them what happened that day. Uh, The real reason is that I've come to realize The only reason I should tell what happened that day is to make a point of what I learned from it and to hope that there's at least one more listener out there that will learn from what I did that day. But before I go into those details, I want to make sure to congratulate all of you who have recently finished the marathon, and especially those who have followed along, tried the Jeff Galloway run-walk-run method, and had success. Congratulations. And I've gotten a lot of emails, and you'll hear a couple voice submissions from people who have done just that. So, congratulations. And please, if you are among those, please send me your race updates, and more importantly, your thoughts about the Galloway run-walk-run method. And I want to say a special congratulations to a close friend of ours, a marathon virgin, if you will, our buddy Adam Tinkoff, who, along with his close friend Eddie Marathon from Shock of the News, just completed the Marine Corps Marathon just yesterday, as a matter of fact. So, Adam's no longer a marathon virgin. And I can only imagine how happy that makes him. Congratulations, Adam. So let's talk a little bit about the events of my race 
on October the 10th in Chicago. My race started that morning on a pleasant, about 65 degree weather morning, not a cloud in the sky, with 45,000 other runners. And I don't know, five or ten times that many spectators as I shuffled for about 25 minutes after the gun went off to get to the starting line. And off I went on my journey that had started a thousand miles earlier, five or six months ago. My initial goal for that day, on a perfect weather day, was going to be four hours and 30 minutes. Anything better than that, I would have been elated with. Anything slower than that, I would have been extremely happy and proud of. And taking off that morning, it didn't take me long to realize I was in pretty darn good shape and feeling fantastic. I started with a 3-1 run-walk ratio. And as I crossed the halfway mark, I had about six minutes in the bank of my 4.30 finish. And quickly switched from a 3-1 to a 5-1 ratio, feeling so darn good. Things continued to look pretty darn good for me until I got to about the 18-mile mark, where a small cramp in my right leg, down pretty much behind my knee, started to give me fits. I remember saying to myself, oh dear God, please no, not cramps. And at 20 miles, the cramps had pretty much spread up and down both legs. As I remember the runner's advisory flags that I was passing going from green, which meant obviously good running conditions, to yellow, obviously caution, all the way to red, meaning very poor running conditions. So after I had let that horse out of the barn, I quickly changed to a 2-1 then down to a 1-1, and pretty soon a 30-30 ratio, probably all in the space of a mile. As the cramps got worse and worse, and at about 22, I remember shutting off my gym boss and pretty much just walking with very, very little running. Somewhere between 22 and 23 as I barely shuffled along unable to bend my legs at the knees at all I walked in front of a medical tent where some kind worker came over to me and asked how I was feeling as I recall my reply was something like I don't feel too hot, but I'm all right. That was a lie, of course. She told me she thought it would be a good idea if I stepped into the medical tent for a couple minutes 
and let him check me out. So I did. And the next thing I remember, I was laying on a cot with my legs screaming at me. A couple of people massaging my legs. And from that point, my race was over. I laid there for about an hour, unable to even bend my legs enough to try to get out of the cot. And when I finally did have the guts to try to get up and see if I could move again, I found myself right back in that cot, writhing in pain. Eventually, I found my way onto the bus that was there and spent the next half hour being driven back to the finish line where they insisted I go back into another medical tent and be checked out by a doctor. Once in that medical tent at the finish line, the first thing they asked me was when I had peed last, which I thought was kind of a funny question, but my answer was honestly at the hotel that morning before the race. They didn't like that answer. And that quickly led me over to a set of scales where I found out that I had lost a little over 10 pounds in that four-hour stretch of running I had done. Um, They did not hook me to an IV. Lots more lying down on a cot and a couple massages to both legs and after about another hour I felt like I could get up and go. I had contacted my wife who was waiting outside the tent for me and uh, that was pretty much it. I had DNF'd. took me a while to be able to say those three letters. That crappy acronym. For those of you who maybe are new to this sport, I'm to the point I can say it now, too. I did not finish that race. Beginning the second I realized that I could not finish, I began running through every human emotion there is. Sadness, fear, surprise. I spent a lot of time on disappointment before settling in on anger. During that long stretch of time I spent on disappointment, I remember thinking how disappointed I was, not just in myself, but that I had a whole list of people that I had let down. To begin with, I had disappointed an unbelievably loving and supportive wife along with an aunt and uncle who had flown to town, a couple of cousins, as well as my mother and father-in-law who made a rather long trek to watch me run that marathon. I also found out I had, in my mind, disappointed a lot of very close friends. Like this guy. I also just want to mention my friend... Kevin from the Extra Mile podcast who I believe it's today in fact I bet he'll be getting up around about now to run 
his first marathon in many, many years. He's, he's done a series of podcasts where he's actually had the great Hal Higdon helping him with his training. He's been going for the... He's been using Hal's run-walk method to train. And he's doing his uh, marathon today, as I say. So I'm going to be really rooting for him, hoping he does well. So I hope that went well, Kevin. Got my fingers crossed for you, mate. I also let down this very, very close friend. Hi, Steve. This is Leanne calling from Queensland, Australia. It's October the 4th and I've missed the deadline, but I'm really hoping that you will somehow be able to squeeze me into shouts of encouragement because I really, really want to um, wish Kevin from the Extra Mile podcast well on his marathon on 10-10-10. So hopefully, Kevin, um, these words of encouragement, something that you will be able to listen to during your marathon. I don't know what point in the marathon you're at when you're hearing this, but I know that you're going to rock it for sure. No doubt about that. I know that you've followed Jess Galloway's training methods and I know from personal experience how magic they are. So you've done the training, you've done the miles, you've done the marathon already in terms of mileage. So physically and mentally, you're more than able to do it. So I know, Kevin, that you can finish this marathon um, with a smile on your face and really, really enjoy it. So best of luck to you and stick with it and you'll get there. Um, what is it that Jeff says? Something along the lines of um, strategically taken walk breaks can eliminate fatigue. Words to that effect. So make sure you take the walk breaks. And good luck, Kevin. Go for it. Yay! And Liam, since you mentioned this in your shout-out, um, I will tell you I was exactly at the 10-mile mark when I heard that very touching shout-out of yours. And I'm not ashamed to admit that for the first time ever during a run, I pulled a Gordon. And speaking of Gordons, I will never be able to express the disappointment I felt when I thought about this guy. Hey, Kevin, it's Gordon from suburban Jacksonville, Alabama. Really, we don't have suburbs. We have, it's like a town of 8,000. But everybody's from some suburban location. I'm just really jealous, like Barry. You know, Barry's always from suburban Baltimore. So. All right, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm not from suburban anything. I'm from a small town in Alabama. I haven't called in a long time, and that's mainly because you banished me for hugging you for just a little too long at the Flying Pig back in May. But I had to break this uh, this exile you've put me in because it's Saturday and it's uh, Chicago Marathon Eve, and you're running your first marathon in 50 to 55 years, something like that, because you're fairly old. Um, but to be honest with you, I am so excited for you, and I know you're going to do fantastic. You've done all the training. You've done all your miles. You've you've done everything that's been asked of you by uh, by Galloway, and um and I I can't I wish I could be there, uh, to see you cross the finish line. And and that that I've had some crazy part to do in this. I know you keep blaming me for this, um, 
is the highlight of my almost the highlight of my running life. That you know that that something that, that the fact that I you know survived without stroking out at the Disney Marathon a couple of years ago actually you know made you think about this is incredible. But I uh, I am honored to to be uh, a tiny tiny part of this because it's all in your heart to want to do this again. And I I uh, I only uh, I only wish you uh, the very 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 best. And I know you're going to do fantastic, and I'm going to call in after you're done because I'm tracking you. I'm getting text messages on you, so I'll be stalking you virtually all day long. So I hope that excites you. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to say how proud I am uh, of what you're doing and what you've taken on and the fact that you've you've made the Galloway Method so accessible and, and understandable and what you've done in this journey has been amazing. It's been so transparent and so enlightening and illuminating that uh it's it's almost you know i've been wanting marathon day to get here for like you know three months now you know so anyway i am proud to know you and i'm proud to call you my brother from another mother uh just like you called me that day after i finished uh my marathon so um i'm i just i don't know what else to say man other than i'm so happy for you and i'm proud of you i'm proud for you and i am proud to know you uh, you are a good and decent, honorable man, and uh, that I've been able to, to meet you in person a couple of times has been uh, my complete honor and privilege. So right, run happy tomorrow, and with every mile, know that you got all of us extra milers rooting for you, and and we are uh, going to give you one big virtual hug when you're done, man. And I um, don't know what else to say because I'm getting teary. I'm going to stop. Because I, God forbid, I cry. <laughs> All right, buddy, run strong and happy. I'm so happy. I'm proud of you. Bye. And as if all of that weren't bad enough, I want to share a message I got from one of my daughters the night before I ran that race. So there you go. That is 
my race report. I want to make something clear. From the very beginning, this has always been the Extra Mile Podcast Experiment. You know? And I chose that name quite deliberately when I started this deal. And let me tell you why. I looked up in the dictionary what an experiment was when I started this, just to see if it fit. According to the dictionary, an experiment is a test of an idea. It's the act of conducting a controlled test or investigation. My favorite definition of an experiment was a method of investigating causal relationships among variables or a test of a hypothesis. Bingo. So based on my individual experiment, what have I learned? Well, I can tell you this. I know going into that marathon, I had done all the training. I had run hill after hill. I had done so many track workouts, I was having a difficult time finding an open track. And every long run on my schedule was done at the allotted pace and on the allotted day. I mean, my long runs leading up to Chicago had been a 20-miler, a 23, and a 26. So, one thing I know is that I was in shape to run a marathon. However, I now know that I was not in shape to run a sub-430 marathon in the heat. I was told in virtually every interview I did with Jeff, in every one of his books that I read, and over and over again on his website, exactly what to do, what adjustments to make based on the weather. Jeff is very specific. You slow down 30 seconds for every five degrees above 60. He did not say slow down based on how you feel during the marathon. He was very specific. There was no room for my interpretation to that rule. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Okay, well enough of that. Let's uh, get on with the rest of the show. Today's show is going to include some submissions from other experiments. Some really good stuff. And also what will probably be our last interview on this show with Jeff. And maybe it's just me because of my individual circumstance. But in my opinion, this interview with Jeff is the best discussion we've had to date. The topics are right on. His advice is, as always, uh, amazing. And uh, I hope you agree that it's a good one. So let's get to it. We will talk a little bit at the end. We'll talk about what 
is next for the Extra Mile Podcast experiment. What's next for Kevin's dream of running another marathon? So let's get to it. Y'all enjoy your Extra Mile. Kevin, it's Stuart from the Quadrathon blog and podcast out in Southern California. It's uh, 10-7-10, so I guess that's, what, three days before 10-10-10. And I wanted to wish you all the very best of luck uh, for Marathon Day. Uh, the hay is in the barn, as they say, and uh, it's been very enjoyable uh, listening to you diligently train using the Galloway Method. I'm sure uh, come race day, uh, all your ducks will align and you'll have an extremely good race. Um, So wish you all the best. Um, I hope the weather holds for you. May you have uh, a slight uh, um, breeze at your back and uh, a clean pair of heels. Take care and look forward to the race report. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey, Kevin. This is Carl calling from near uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. Just calling in to check in after uh, after we finished our Twin Cities Marathon just about a week ago. Um, we've been uh, kind of following the podcast throughout the, the summer, and uh, my wife and I decided to uh, try this marathon out, my first, her third, uh, using the, the Galloway Method, and uh, tried doing 3-1 uh, intervals throughout our training and throughout a half marathon we did in the spring. Um, my wife's last marathon, she ran kind of a 9-1 uh, ratio, um, and so we thought, well, let's, let's try a three-one, see what happens uh, during this. And she tried to get me through the <laughs> through the marathon. Um, the toughest part by far would have been those first uh, few miles of doing walk run. There's something really ego busting about stopping at about a half a mile and uh, and doing your first walk break. Um, but I'm kind of a stat junkie, and it was fun to go back and look and see. Um, where we did our passing and, and where we were passed. And uh, from the 5K mark to the finish line, we ended up passing 600 people, uh, a net of 600 people, and about half of those were in the last five miles. My wife did a great job of just holding me back during the first uh, 5 to 10K, you know, saying, hey, Carl, back off. We're, you know, we're trying to keep a certain pace. And so she did a great job of just, you know, making sure I didn't go too fast, uh, just keeping things consistent and steady. And really, as we kind of looked at each different part, the half marathon mark is where we started making our move, and we uh, we kept that consistent pace throughout the entire thing. Um, finished strong, and like I said, passed close to 300 people in the last uh, in just the last five miles, uh, gaining a total of 600 places from the 5K mark. Um, it uh, it definitely worked for us. I, I have nothing to compare it to. 
because it was my first marathon, but my wife actually shaved over a half an hour off of her last 5K time. She finished uh, last year about 5.40, and we finished this year at 5.09.15, which for me was just a, a real thrill. And we both looked at each other that evening and realized that five hours is not an unrealistic goal anymore, so it gives us something to work for. Uh, next time. Anyways, hey, thanks for doing this. This has been a real blast uh, to really train with uh, strangers across the country, and it's been fun to listen and uh, really uh, a fun thing to be a part of. It's been uh, it's been great, and I will be back to uh, doing more marathons in the future. Thanks. Hello, Kevin. This is Elma calling from the Netherlands. I'm sorry to hear things didn't go so well for you in Chicago. I was really surprised to hear it. I hope you've got over your disappointment a bit by now. I'm curious to hear what went wrong exactly, because I really thought you were well set to complete the marathon. But I'll just be patient and wait till I hear what happened in the next edition of the, the Extra Mile Experiment. As far as my own worldwide festival of races events goes, I ran a full marathon in Eindhoven, but I forgot to register my time on the on the worldwide uh, festival site. If anyone's curious to know what I did in my half marathon that I'd registered for, you can read about what I did that day, including the time of the half marathon, on my blog at marathonwomenreturns.blogspot.com. I did my usual trick of starting too fast, and so I didn't get the time I wanted, but it wasn't a big deal. It was a nice day, it was beautiful weather, and I had a good time. Anyway, this is just a quick post to um, commiserate with you for your DNF in Chicago. And oh yes, while I'm here, I just wanted to say, I keep forgetting this every time I call in, but I really love the, the Clydesdale Turtle posts, so I hope he'll phone in again soon and tell us how he's getting on with his running. And also the girl, I can't remember her name, but she was planning her, she was starting running again, and I remember her saying that you just have to get to the next leaf, and I remember thinking about it during my marathon, so... If the girl who runs to the next leaf is listening, I hope she'll phone in soon again with her latest running stories. Thanks again, Kevin, for putting the podcast together, and thanks for everyone who phones in with contributions. Looking forward to hearing from you. Bye for now. Good morning, Extra Mile Podcasters. This is Barry from suburban Baltimore, and I'm recording this a little bit before noon on Monday, the 25th of October. I just finished listening to the latest episode of your podcast, Kevin, and heard your report and the report from Suzanne Phillips, and it reminded me that I hadn't recorded a Chicago Marathon race report, uh, so I thought I would just call in uh, with a handful of thoughts. Um, So, firstly, uh, Chicago, as Suzanne said uh, during the last episode, Chicago was exceptionally hot again this year for the third year out of four. It was very hot, and uh, so I adjusted my goals pre-race. I had trained and planned to come in to run a to try to run a 340, uh, but I decided before the race to dial that back to to a 355. Um, and uh, unfortunately, it was even with that lowered expectation, it was still just too hot. I ran the first half in 158 and then fell off in the second half and ran the second half in 2.04 for a total of 4.02. So not thrilled with the final result, but just given how very, very hot it was, 
Uh, I'm not unhappy with it. I, I, I didn't push myself too hard. I didn't want to take any chance to injure myself uh, or to uh, wind up in, uh, uh, with an IV in my arm like I did a year before at Steamtown. So I uh, just went out, did the best that I could. The, uh, the logistics and the way they managed the race in that heat uh, were just unbelievable. And uh, hats off to Kerry Pinkowski and the whole crew in Chicago. Um, and uh, they, they really have a great event. Um, but the, the highlight of the day for me was getting to meet Kevin uh, before the race and uh, getting to, to uh, just chat for a few minutes, met a couple of other extra milers, and then uh, we all kind of went our separate ways and got out to run the race. So uh, I will leave the Chicago race report with just saying uh, I've run it twice. Both days were unbelievably hot. I uh, ran it in 08 uh, and uh, this year. And I, the one thing I will say, I ran 4.47 in 08 and 4.02 this year. So it's a pretty good improvement, although I was coming off of an injury in 08 and was not uh, in great condition. My plan from here is to run the Richmond Marathon on November 13th. And Kevin, at the end of the last episode, uh, you talked about your, your marathon options. And one option uh, in front of you is potentially to take advantage of the current condition that you have and go out and try to run another fall marathon or early, you know, late fall or early winter marathon. And I'll tell you, that's exactly what I did last year. Last year, I ran the Steamtown Marathon and uh, wound up dehydrated and needing a couple liters of IV fluid at the end uh, and uh, decided that I would come back five weeks later and run down in Richmond. Uh, and I got my first sub-four-hour marathon in Richmond. Uh, only five weeks after uh, after the previous finish at Steamtown. I did finish Steamtown, but wound up uh, needing medical assistance at the end. So I think that that's a perfectly reasonable approach uh, and, uh, and, and something that you ought to really consider, and I'll leave it at that. Um, and so that's kind of my plan for the fall. And uh, trying to think if there's anything else in particular, doing some trail running, uh, looking at, uh, at potentially doing my first trail ultra later this year. Uh, but we'll see how that comes into focus depending on work schedules and a couple of other things, and I will let you all know. So I think that's what I've got right now. I'll say to Suzanne, uh, congratulations on finishing in Chicago. It was not a day for a PR. So the fact that you managed to motor across is really saying something. And, Kevin, I'm glad you survived it. Sorry that you, uh, you, you weren't able to, to, uh, uh, to get across. But uh, look forward to, uh, to, to hearing what your future plans are on the next Extra Mile podcast experiment. So I think I'm going to keep it short, and that's going to be it for today. So I'll just say this is Barry from suburban Baltimore. Out! Hey, all you extra milers. It's Stuart from the Quadrathon blog and podcast with a race report. Uh, it's been quite a while since my uh, last race, which was back in March. And today I ran and completed the Long Beach Marathon. And um, I have to thank Kevin for um, sharing his uh, uh, experience and experiment with the Galloway method because my training, as you probably have guessed from the submissions I've been uh, submitting lately, has been a little bit uh, wider the mark. And I knew going into this race that I really didn't have enough training under my belt so earlier this week I made the conscious decision that I was going to run walk it and it's not something I've ever done before for a road race it's something I've done a lot 
uh, running ultras because that's what you have to do unless you're an elite runner which I'm not by any stretch of the imagination and so I uh, made the conscious decision as I say to run walk my strategy was to use a 8 and 1 uh, ratio so run eight mile, uh, run 8 minutes and walk 1 and I figured that that would give me if I could if I could do a nine minute mile then that would give me a fraction under or a sub four finish which I would have been very very pleased with unfortunately it was not quite to be um, the first uh, half of the race I uh, was on target with a 159 and change split but the second half I just kind of tailed off and I ended up coming in in 415 and change that's unofficial I'm, I've yet to see the official times get posted um so that being said, I am pretty pleased. My my so A, B, and C goal was a, a four for A, four fifteen for B, and a four thirty for C. And as you can see, I hit that B squarely on the nose. What I have to say uh, is that I really don't feel completely wrecked, um, which is a nice, a nice feeling um, for the marathons I've done in the past. I've kind of crossed the finish line and felt absolutely trashed and in fact even from some of my longer runs earlier um, in this training cycle I felt pretty trashed so thank you Kevin for sharing um, your experiment it's something I never ever would have thought of employing um, for a marathon but I have to say I am convinced Um, quite clearly in my case I used it because my training wasn't um, up to par but I would say that with um, better training I would have been able to have kept my pace and would have been able to have uh, got that nine minute mile average which would have got me the sub four and you know what probably if I'd or if I'd had the opportunity to really go nose to the grindstone with the training I probably could have you know even um, uh, gone gone a bit quicker than uh, than than sub four so there you go that's uh, the first um, uh, marathon distance race uh, for this quarter I've got another two in November I have the eco marathon on Catalina Island which is a trail race and I'm heading back to the trails as much as I did enjoy today and it was a great experience very very well run race Uh, I'm looking forward to going back to these uh, slightly smaller races. I think there are 20,000 people out there today. Um, Probably about 6,000 or 7,000 marathon runners and the rest running the half who we shared the course with for the first, um, I think, 11 miles. So, um, yes, I have the Catalina Eco Marathon on November the 14th. And then on November the 21st, the following weekend, I have the Pacific Coast Trail Runners uh, Point Magoo 50k where I'll be pacing a friend of mine around her first ultra and uh, interestingly those three races are so close together that it actually qualifies me for Marathon Maniacs <laughs> who knew so uh, thank you Kevin as always thank you for the Extra Mile podcast and to all the uh, people who uh, share their training and their race reports and I look forward to uh, hearing those in the coming episodes take care everyone and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. 
And let's head over to the Extra Mile Podcast Experiment Hotline and once again joined by our buddy Jeff Galloway. Good morning, Jeff. Kevin, it's great to be here again. It's great to have you. I can't tell you how uh, how excited I get when we get to talk about this stuff. Although uh, today's today's topic is probably not tops on my list, but um, it's important. It's probably the most important discussion we've had in my Absolutely. mind. Anyway, absolutely, you learn more from problem areas than you do from the successes. Well, I certainly hope that's true with me. Um, we spoke about four months ago. What's happened in, the, or I mean, four weeks ago, I should say. What, what's happened in the last four weeks? I think you were heading, I think, down to Orlando at the time. Yes, it has been actually almost a city a day in those last four weeks. It's been just a great and crazy time, but um, a lot of great things. The uh, uh, Disney Wine and Dine, which is just an incredible, fun event. Uh, it was run overnight from 10, uh, starting at 10 p.m. in the dark. Uh, I, I actually love that. Uh, and then a lot of our training program kickoffs, and we've got a lot of new programs this year, which is really uh, wonderful. We've got some new Oregon programs, some new California programs, and um, um, Memphis, and I've been just bouncing around a lot there. Um, just finished the uh, Athens uh, Half Marathon in Athens, Georgia, and uh, tomorrow leave for Athens, Greece. But Barbara and I ran the, uh, we pieced together um, a marathon in, in Portland uh, two weeks ago, and we also, I also did the, uh, a good bit of the half marathon in Des Moines the week after that. So it's been really a, a busy time period. And you're heading over to Athens. Tell us why. The um, <clears throat> 2,500th anniversary of Phidippides' run is being celebrated this year on Sunday in Athens over the original course from Plain of Marathon to Athens. And it's uh, really going to be a crazy time. The race has um, has uh, grown three times what it normally is. So we know that there will be some patience required <laughs> because it's a small route, actually, particularly going around the tomb of the soldiers who died in the battle uh, but, you know, it's a special moment. Uh, oh, how many yeah. sports can celebrate 2,500 years of, of inspiration to people? And, and we are very fortunate to have that, and uh, so we're celebrating it. And quite honestly, next year should be an absolutely wonderful year to go on the uh, Apostolos Tour because uh, we won't have as many crowds to deal with, and it'll be more of a cozy experience plus going to the ancient sites uh, where the ancient athletes actually ran. Even found some trails looking over the Aegean Sea that are just gorgeous trails that messengers could very well have used in ancient times. It's just a wonderful trip. That sounds wonderful. It sounds like one of those trips that that may take close to a year to to, to plan for. So I'll I'll put that um, that link in the... uh, in the um, show notes, so people can get some information on that as well as your uh, your new programs. I assume most of them are starting with the idea that they start now in anticipation of a um, spring marathon. Is that the deal? Most of them are late winter or spring marathons. In other words, the uh, 26.2 with Donna uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, February 13th, is uh, one of the highlights of our year. We volunteer 
our services for that event, PACE groups that have walk breaks and Mm -hmm. just a wonderful weekend of activities, uh, most of them being free activities. And the great thing about this event is that uh, almost every penny of the entry fee goes to breast cancer research and and care for women. So it's just a wonderful wonderful? weekend. and. It's making a difference. Over $2 million so far has been raised for uh, breast cancer research. It's just really neat. But um, there are a wide range of other marathons. I mean, our uh, people enter our programs uh, to often train for two or three marathons. With the Run, Walk, Run, that is uh, a reality. You can actually do that. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because we're going to get on that topic a little bit later on. Yes, we will. <laughs> um, here's a, a Kevin selfish moment. Let's get to that. And this yeah. may or may not have anything to do with anything we're going to talk about today, but I'm just curious if if in your 150-plus marathons or attempts uh, at any distance, uh, have you ever DNF'd, and, and, and if so, why? And if well, not, how, how close have you ever come? Absolutely. I have, uh, I have uh, DNF'd or did not finish in – about five or six different marathons that I can actually remember right now. And the point is that um, if if things are going wrong, particularly medically, the best thing you can possibly do is stop right away and avoid further abuse. Uh, it It is a very dangerous situation to run in hot conditions. Um, People die uh, every year from pushing themselves beyond their limits on a hot day. So it's not about whether you have the intestinal fortitude to make it through. Your first priority is safety, is your own personal health uh, and uh, your the safety, uh, of course, on the road. And you need to take action immediately in order to avoid further damage, uh, especially when it's hot. Good. Well, we'll get into that a little bit later on. But before we get into my my uh, the specifics of my Chicago Marathon, um, I'd like to talk first um, about those listeners who have just recently completed a marathon or will shortly complete their marathon. I've gotten a lot of updates lately, uh, mostly via email, about people who have just finished their uh, uh, their marathons that they've been training so hard for. And so I've gotten a lot of questions about. Uh, okay, now I, you know, I did this. I, I trained for six months, and now it's over. What, what now? Do you have any advice for people who have just, uh, maybe, gone through a little post-race depression? And it's natural that you would. Uh, yeah. For one reason, if you, if you ran a hard marathon, and, and let's face it, most people in their first effort put out uh, more effort during the race than they would in training. That's a natural thing. And when you do that, it's very well known biologically that you're pushing yourself to uh, what is your limit for that day, which puts your, your reflex brain into a protection mode. It's, it's going to protect uh, the key elements uh, of you. And so what, that, what you do, what the brain, reflex brain does, is it, it brings blood flow into the legs uh, and to itself, the reflex brain, but it shuts off blood supply uh, to a great extent, to the digestive tract and to the further growth or replacement of cells. And then also uh, it, it will shut off blood supply to the immune system. Uh, in the process of keeping you going under duress, there are certain stress hormones that are produced. And um, cortisol is one of the uh, most prominent. And 
what what it does, uh, cortisol does, is it it keeps uh, the the damage um, from getting too great, and it uh, helps in the recovery of of damaged muscle. But it definitely has been linked to negative attitude, downturn, and to depression. So if you push yourself hard, you're going to have a lot of cortisol that remains in the system. Uh, that is one of the negative uh, attitude hormones that are produced by extreme effort, and they're going to lock into receptor molecules all over the body, lowering your attitude. And and this will occur. It's a natural phenomena, and you just have to realize that it is there. One of the best things you can do as soon as you are able to do so is uh, to walk and insert some short running segments because even a 10-second run with a 50-second walk is going to release some of the positive attitude uh, hormones. Uh, some of the most powerful found so far have been the beta endorphins, and running releases those better than just about any other activity, according to the research. So you will be helping yourself by doing some short segments of running, provided that you haven't uh, injured yourself. And this can turn around your attitude. But a couple of other things. One is to set another goal, have something out there. And uh, I'm not really suggesting another marathon. Uh, it, it would actually be better to have a pleasurable run in a beautiful environment, uh, trail area or very scenic route that you absolutely love. Um, it, it can be a treat. Other uh, reward runs are social runs with friends that you haven't seen for a while. You can catch up and really just have fun as you laugh and talk and, and go through the run together. Um, some people like to have a festival event where things, there's music along the way and you can back off from running uh, a faster time and purposely run slow. Another one that has really been prominent during the last few years, and I've seen this at the Disney events <clears throat> over and over again, is um, family members running together. Mm-hmm. In other words, you're mentoring someone, and you're helping someone get through the first part or the middle part of the training when they have a tendency to drop off. And by doing this, you get so much back yourself. You get a motivational boost. You have positive attitude hormones that kick in, and you when you're helping somebody else. So there are a whole series of things, and you need to find the combination or one or two that works best to push your motivation buttons. Great ideas, Jeff. Um, Here's something that crossed my mind, a question that crossed my mind after Chicago. Um, Now that that you're conceivably in in what I'll call marathon shape, and and you've spent a good amount of time to get there and a lot of effort, um, what kind of maintenance do we need to do to stay, let's say, within a couple months of, of being marathon ready? And just if something comes up, you know, and we're like, that would be fun to do. What kind of maintenance program well, to stay a, in shape? Well, this is a very good question, Kevin, because um, the fact is that your ability to run at your best uh, uh mode of running, your, your, your peak performance or your potential, is very limited. There are all types of variables that keep you from running at your best on a given day. So to put all your eggs in one basket over a six-month period does not have to be done. 
Uh, and on race day, if the temperature is above 60 degrees, uh, it's very unlikely that you're going to achieve the goal that you wanted to achieve. So the best plan is to back off significantly, make that first marathon a training run. And that means that you haven't wasted six months because you can come back again in three to four weeks or uh, six to eight weeks later and do another one. And you, and that one could be your next attempt at uh, the goal that you wanted to do. So um, you never have to waste six months of training, ever, if you back off soon enough during that first one that isn't turning out the way you want it to. Otherwise, there are just a, a, a bunch of things that uh, uh, you would need to do, just a few things, rather, uh, to maintain, and that is 30 minutes of run-walk on uh, Tuesday and Thursday and then 60 minutes of run-walk on the weekend, uh, followed by a longer run every third or fourth week. Once you've run 26 miles, if you run 26 every fourth week, you'll maintain all of that endurance. If you're up around, if you want to maintain around 17 miles of endurance, you can hold that for three weeks. So you could run a long one every three weeks at 17 miles or more. And then if you are dropping down to 8, 10, 12 on an every other week basis, uh, that would be okay also. Great. Okay, yeah, let's get into um, to my Chicago experience more yeah. specifically. Um, as some listeners probably already know, um, I ended up with a did not finish, a DNF. I ended up at the medical tent at about 22 and a half miles. And, and i got to tell you, Jeff, when I started this thing months ago, I, I had in my mind I had three options. One, I would run whatever goal I had in mind at the end of my six months, and I'd be very happy about it. Number two, I'd run a little bit faster, and I'd be very happy. And number three, I'd run slower, and I'd still be elated and very proud. But i got to tell you that a DNF, not for a split second, ever crossed my mind. Not for a split second. And so I started off that morning with the temperatures in the low 60s, which was not bad, not not what I would like to have, but it wasn't that bad. It didn't feel bad. Had, you know, there were people on top of people, and the adrenaline was going. But I knew going in that the temperatures were going to climb to the mid 80s very quickly. Yep. So I started with a three-one pace, um, or a three-one ratio, I should say, at around a four and a half hour goal pace, and I felt absolutely great through about 17. And I remember several spots. And I, and probably everybody does this, but ever several spots taking a mental inventory, a physical mental inventory of my body. How do I feel? And, and I got to tell you, it was like I, I was grinning from ear to ear. Um, and I watched as the as the the um, the race um, alert system that they have along there. They got big flags they put out. It went from green to yellow to finally red, uh, which obviously means not very good temperatures uh, or conditions to run. So somewhere around 17, 17 and a half, I started getting cramps in my legs. And I stopped a few times. I eventually backed down to a 2-1, then a 1-1, and finally to a 30-30. But the cramps moved from one leg up and down pretty much the entire leg over to both legs 
um, in just about every every muscle. And as I was walking by the medical tent at somewhere around 22 and a half, um, one of the workers there kind of came up to me and I was shuffling along. I was, uh, all I can describe is like I had splints on my legs. I wasn't able to bend at the knee at all. And she asked if I was okay. And I said, I'm fine. She said, why don't you come over here and let us take a look at you. And, and I, the next thing I know, I was laying in a cot and then it was all over once I was in, in the cot. So this might be a, a, a duh moment, but just take that last two minutes of my conversation and, and tell me wh- what I did wrong. Okay. First of all, uh, you know from our original letter our usual adjustment of pace, and that is 30 seconds per mile slower for every five degrees above 60. So if, if it was 65 degrees, for example, um, you should be running an additional 30 seconds per mile slower, and then for every additional five degrees, you want to slow down another half minute. And obviously, uh, you did not make that adjustment. But right. the biggest mistake was staying at three and one. That's really what caused the cramping and the extra heat buildup. Because even if you had immediately adjusted right from the get-go to two and one, you would have resisted cramps probably until about 22 or 23 miles. Uh, but uh, if you had kept making the adjustments based on the uh, temperature increase and then gotten down to one and one, uh, say, by eight or ten miles, chances are you would have not had the DNF at all. Uh, and you may not have had any cramps at all. Uh, in all probability, you would have avoided the cramps. So it's maintaining that locked on three and one that really produced the problem that you had. The other uh, syndrome here that's, that's quite well known uh, is that you were so superbly trained. You had done your homework. You were in just great shape, uh, and therefore you were able to push the pace early, uh, even under the, the conditions of heat. But there is a payback for that. Yeah, yeah. In, in other words, you were going to the well, and you were drawing out of the well. You were drawing off your future resources by maintaining pace, not adjusting it, and also doing the three-in-one. And so the muscles just reached their wall uh, at, what was it, 17 miles? Yeah. And so, again, had you made that adjustment early, there would have been no DNF. There probably would not have been any cramping, although sometimes on hot days over 80, you're going to have some cramps at the end. Most people do. Um, yeah, so I guess my next question is I, I started Googling around about cramps with runners, and there seemed to be a lot of different um, um, theories. What, what is your theory specific to what causes leg cramps? Well, it's not really a theory. It's really based on the feedback from probably 100,000 people who have uh-huh. had cramps over the years. And it's very simple. It's overuse of the muscle in most cases. And that is you're running too far before taking a walk break and or you're pacing yourself uh, a little bit too hard for the conditions of the day or your condition. And so in your case, you just exhausted those muscles. Um, now, if it had been 60 degrees, um, the effort level would not have been the same. Uh, but that's why we have that 30-second uh, per mile adjustment to give you control over that process, uh, and that lowers that buildup of the extra fatigue in your legs 
once you reach that exhaustion point, which you reached around 17, there's no going back. You can't put it yeah. back in the leg. Yeah, you're right. But then there's one other element, uh, and I don't see this very often, but um, there are a few individuals in our society that, for whatever reason, are low in sodium. It's very rare. But um, in those cases, uh, a salt tablet will help. But when it is muscle fatigue, there is no amount of salt that is going to turn you around. Yeah, it's that, simply the muscles are shot. Yeah. That genie was not going back in that bottle. After it a while. wasn't going to go back, no, and you no. could have taken a, a bottle full of salt tablets, and nothing would have happened. As a matter of fact, don't ever try that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I um, actually, it didn't take me long after um, after that race. I was uh, back in my hotel room, um, laying in bed, and and I started thinking, and I actually had came up with three options. I can I can give up. I can say, you know what, this marathon is just not for me. I'm not in the mood to, to try another one. Or or my second option was to try again in the spring or the fall and then in which case I, I would be starting my training cycle over again from square one or at least close to square one. Or my third option was to use use that Chicago 22-mile run, if you will, as another long training run, hopefully learn something from it, and, and look around for something else to do relatively soon. So I, I can remember laying in bed, and I actually had my BlackBerry, gone on the Internet and started Googling around for, for other marathons, and it wasn't very sh- long after that I shot off an email to you telling you what had happened and asking your opinion as, as to whether or not and when I would be in shape or be physically able to try it again. And I had found a marathon in Indianapolis, the Monumental Marathon, which is on November 6th, which is actually four weeks out from my Chicago yep. uh, uh, try. So uh, you wrote back with such a nice email and, and said, yeah, you'll be ready. Um, you're going to have to be more conservative, and here's what I want you to do. And this is what I want to talk about. Last, uh, just this past weekend, I did exactly what you asked me to do, which was uh, a 28-mile run. And I got to tell you, I, I told my wife when, when you sent me that, I said, you know what? If Jeff sends back and says I need to run and hydrate with ketchup, that's what I'm going to do, whatever <laughs> he says. So when you said 28 miles, you know, my eyes got big. And, but I went out and did it. I did a, um, a 30-30 for the entire time. It took me, I want to say, five hours and 22 minutes. Um, 11.28, 11.30 pace, something like that. But yep. um, I finished the whole thing with zero cramps. Now, I, I did not feel like doing the Irish jig at the end, but I, you know, I, <laughs> I recovered that evening, went out to dinner with my wife and kids, and, and uh, it was more a mental thing. I had, I've been running for 26 years, and I have never come close to 28 miles. That's the longest I've ever done. So I've got to ask you, why? Were you just trying to punish me for DNFing, or what's the deal here? <laughs> No, there is something psychologically boosting uh, in, in a great way about pushing your endurance barrier back. And what I found uh, from my database of people who have been down before, uh, like you were after mm-hmm. um, that DNF, the one thing that brings them back quicker mentally, and then, of course, in your case, restores all the endurance that you're going to need for Indianapolis is to push the barrier up a little bit. Now, the way you avoid problems with that is to drop down in the run-walk-run ratio. Uh, As you know, Barbara and I use 30-30, and I have a whole host of people who run, some of them who run eight minutes per mile in their marathons, who use 30-30s or one-and-ones on their long runs because they can do anything they want to, and 
they also get all the endurance they need, too. So the bottom line, when you push your endurance barrier back more than you have ever gone before in your life, there's a whole series of positive attitude reactions that your body gives to yourself. And you you can't really describe these things until you have done them. But tell me about how you feel now having rebounded from Chicago by the 28-miler. Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. I I mean, I came back, and I, I really wanted to just pick up the phone and start calling people. i got to tell you what I did. i got to tell you what I did. Like, 28 miles, uh, oh, my gosh, I never thought I'd – I mean, I've had weeks where I didn't come close to 28 miles. And you rebounded. You went out for dinner that night. You weren't debilitated to any great extent at all. Exactly, yeah. I can remember somewhere around 24-ish, maybe 25-ish. I mean, I'm at this point, after having run the entire city of Cincinnati, I was back close to my house running around in my neighborhood to add on you know, the added mileage, and I remember thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to run 28 miles today. This is amazing. Hallelujah. So, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Um, all right, so here we go again. Um, I have entered the uh, Indianapolis Monumental Marathon on November the 6th. And uh, first of all, I, I have to believe um, that my weather is going to be better for that day. Um, well, the odds are in your favor. As yeah. you know, with weather, there are no guarantees. However, your odds are about 90 to 95% of getting just a really nice, cool day. Well, after getting hit on the head by a big hammer and now understanding what can happen if I don't do this adjustment, um, tell me what I need to do this time, uh, what you suggest I do this time, keeping in mind that i got to tell you, even during this 28-miler, somewhere around 20 or so, in the back of my mind, the whole time I was thinking, please don't lock up. Don't, you know, I was thinking about my legs the whole time. So there's this fear about the cramps coming back, and there's a fear about you know, this whole DNF thing again. Well, let me explain that a little bit. Uh, just having finished and sent to my publisher, hallelujah, my new book on motivation, uh, I have uh, learned to understand a lot better how your brain structure works. And this primitive brain that we have, the reflex brain that is an amazing part of us, uh, keeps things running, but it, it monitors stress. And whenever there has been a stressful experience, it has significant memory about that and um, it's a subconscious brain so it doesn't really tell you what it's doing but uh, it uh, it has memory and it uh, when you're approaching a situation that's similar to where you had problems before the memory kicks in and it's uh, it starts stimulating the production of negative hormones to lower your motivation so you won't go farther and you won't push yourself into that. And that's a reality. You're going to get that. Um, Furthermore, there are what I call mental scars uh, due to certain behavior patterns where we have uh, uh, injured ourselves before. And those also cause the uh, anxiety hormones to be produced. Um, The good news is that Uh, You can reprogram that reflex brain, and one of the best things that you did is to do that 30-30 and and power right on through that distance and go right on to 28 miles, more than you have ever done in your life before. So that's a major reprogramming. What you're going to find in Indianapolis is that 
when you get some of those garbage messages that, that are triggered by the reflex brain, uh, you're going to say to it, heck no, I, I don't have any problems with this. I've gone 28 miles and this is only 26. And, <laughs> and there's just a huge benefit psychologically, emotionally, spiritually from having done that. You proved it to yourself. Right. The, the other major element here is that um, you know that what the 30-30 does. You, you know how well it erases fatigue. So my, my suggestion would be to start out at 30-30 okay. to just enjoy the, the, uh, the crowd and, and the city and the, the first six miles of the event. And then you could shift to one-and-one, for a few miles, and then you could go up to two and one, and then when you reach 20, you can do whatever the heck you want to. And it would be my prediction that you'll either shift up to three and one or four and one or, or whatever you want to do, and you're going to feel like a champion passing people and feeling strong and really just having an experience that you, you find hard to describe to people because yeah. you've really done it yourself. Well, knock on wood. I hope that's exactly what, and I'm, that's exactly the uh, the scenario I'm gonna I'm gonna work with on on race day. And I appreciate your everything you've done for me. Well, I know that you have a good one ahead of you, and again, it's all about conserving those resources. And by the uh, starting out conservatively, you're the one in charge. Well, I know I, I, I'm not sure whether we'll talk again, Jeff. But uh, but assuming we don't, I wanted to make sure that you knew that I thought that or that I had such a wonderful time working with you. I've, I have learned more. I'm not just saying this. I've learned more about running and and about myself in the last six months uh, through these discussions than I've learned in the previous 26 years of my running. And I wanted to thank you so much for all the time you've given to me and, and to all of our listeners in, in this program and, and on my emails and most of all for all the, the wisdom. I, I just And I'm going to miss our talks greatly, and I just appreciate everything well, you've done. Don't be a stranger, Kevin. And also uh, I want to tell all the listeners that uh, we have a free email newsletter that gives all of our updates and tips and uh, even nutritional stuff and stuff like that. So um, feel free to, to subscribe from jeffgalloway.com, and that's a way of staying in touch. But, Kevin, any time you want to talk about anything, I'll be more than pleased to do so. I've really enjoyed this experience a lot. Thank you. I appreciate it, Jeff. And just on a side note, it's not just me who is a big fan. I, While I was at the, um, the marathon in Chicago at the um, Expo, I um, stopped in and spoke to uh, Bart Yasso, and he okay. has, he's a big fan of yours if you don't already know that. He's great. Bart he great. and I have been friends for decades, and he uh, is also doing a lot of great work. He is, absolutely. I picked up one of his books, uh, or his, his new book, while I was there, and, and just started that one. He, he has such great stories. Well, Jeff, listen, I know we won't speak before you take off to, to Athens. I hope you have a great time, and most of all, I hope uh, everything runs the way you want it, and, and that you and Barbara are completely safe while you're there. Well, I'm sure we will, uh, and uh, it's just uh, one of those pilgrimages that I do recommend to runners to do the original. So I hope that you can come over, Kevin, and I would love to see you on the road. Thank you very much, Jeff. You take care, buddy. I appreciate everything. Great to work with you. Bye-bye. Bye.
Well, there you go. Episode 9 of the Extra Raw Podcast Experiment. Uh, good stuff, huh? I hope you agree. So, after that interview with Jeff, I suppose the cat is out of the bag. Um, I have confided in a few close friends, but I've just chosen not to make this as all about Kevin as the last one. Um, I think I mentioned in the last episode, after I get done with Chicago, I decided I had three options. I could bag this. Um, Then I wouldn't get my little 26.2 decal for my car. I could... uh, it off till spring or next fall and give it another shot the problem with that is that I would lose the base that I've got now or I could simply use my Chicago DNF as another long run I mean I did run 22 plus miles that day so I got back to the hotel room and grabbed my Blackberry and started googling around for other races And one cropped up exactly uh, four weeks after Chicago. It's the Monumental Marathon in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, Obviously, a lot later in the fall, so the weather should be much nicer. Um, It's a smaller marathon, quite a bit smaller than Chicago. So maybe there won't be all the adrenaline pumping through my veins. And the timing seemed to be right, so I shot off an email a couple days after Chicago to Jeff, asked him what he thought, and he wrote back and said, absolutely, do it, and here's what I want you to do to prepare for it. So about a week and a half ago, um, I went out and ran a 28-mile run. 28 miles, my God, I was out for 5 hours and 22 minutes long time to be out on the road, let me tell you. Uh, but I did it. I mean, I ran 28 miles. Gorgeous day that day. Temperature's right around 50 degrees, maybe mid-50s by the time I got back. And guess what? Not one cramp anywhere. I changed my nutrition a little bit during the uh, the run and the weather. Those are the only two differences in, uh, in, what, was, uh, in what I did at Chicago. So, in any case, um, that's why that's my plan. Depending on when you're listening to this, that race is on Saturday, November the 6th at 8 o'clock in the morning Eastern. So if you are so inclined, you're smart enough to find out how you can track me during that race. Um, and certainly if you're listening after the race, you're smart enough to figure out how you can check on the results. But we'll talk a little bit about that in the next episode. Um, which brings me to... The next episode, Um, I had intended on closing down the experiment with this podcast, but uh, unforeseen circumstances forced me to be a little bit more flexible, and so my intent now is to do one more show 
them. I really want to close this thing down with some learnings from this whole experiment thing. And um, I'd certainly love to have your input on that too. So send me whatever you think you learned about this, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. And I'll uh, put that in episode 10 of the Extra Mile Podcast Experiment. I'm sure there's quite a few of you that still do have a marathon plan for this fall that I'm not aware of. So I want to say good luck with that. Um, But I do know that there's one person, a close friend of mine from right here in the Cincinnati area, Mike from Fort Thomas. He is uh, a big Galloway fan and actually is being e-coached by Jeff as well. And he's got one uh, the day after mine, November the 7th, at the Marshall University uh, Marathon. And uh, I wanted to make sure, assuming he's listening, to give him a shout-out and to tell him I wish him nothing but the best. And uh, the only advice I feel qualified to give at this point is follow the plan, brother. Follow the plan. So that's it for today. I appreciate you downloading the show, taking us with you. And uh, until next time, y'all enjoy your extra mile. That's enough now. This is the Zen Runner from Here Zen Run, and this channel runner review is brought to you by Running the Narrow Path. One of my favorite podcasts over the years is a gem produced by Krister, who is a runner that loves to share what's on his mind as he explores new paths, local trails in the northern woods of Sweden, and destinations all over Europe. Right now, he's recovering from a running-related injury, but this is not keeping him from sharing his insights on life, family, and the incredible world around him. It's kind of flat here, but there are some some hills, actually rocks, that uh, rises over the ground here. Not high, though, but uh, if the path was going over them, it would be more... A challenge to run here. And there's a huge tree over the path. But I guess I can walk around and hopefully find the path on the other side here. Yep, here we are. wonder why I never run here before. It's really, really great. It's also a lot of fun to explore new areas, I think. And depending on where it leads, this will probably be one of my regular uh, running paths next season. This season is almost over. Ah, it's very wet here. Maybe I can go this way. Let's see. Yeah, the season is almost over. Because it's getting dark here in the evenings. And a bit cold. So for the next period, I'll be walking on... uh, Ah, look at this. (laughs) A tree full full of mushrooms. 
What amazes me about this podcast is Mr. Christer's elegant choice of words and his lilting cadence. There is something entirely hypnotic about his delivery. And for someone who doesn't speak English as his native language, this alone is an astonishing feat. While Christer's frequency is usually only once a month or so, do yourself a favor and don't wait any longer to download the 26 episodes that are now freely available. For more information about his very great show, please visit Christer's site at runningthenarrowpath.blogspot.com or find him listed on runningpodcast.org or search for him on iTunes. If you're interested in adding your voice to our growing collection of running podcast reviews or would like to download one to include in your podcast, please visit us at channelrunnerreview.com. This is the Zen Runner signing off, and thanks for listening to this Channel Runner Review.